And currently this morning, we have lots of rain falling, 39 in Lynchburg, 41 in Bedford, 41 in Roanoke and Salem, 42 in Danville, 40 in Amherst, and 38 in Appomattox. And like I say, a good bit of rain uh, coming down everywhere. Do use some extra caution as you're out there on the roads this morning. Well, at the top of the headlines, we've got those classified documents. Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland has appointed special counsel to investigate that. Uh, we have Scott McFarland in, congressional correspondent with CBS News. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good to be here. Well, we're glad to have you uh, on, the, on the air. There's a lot of moving parts right now with this. Uh, what is the, the latest with these classified documents, as, as you can uh, tell us about? There might be a similar number of investigations as there are documents confirmed so far. Our oh, CBS News reporting says there's about 20 records total in two different locations, the president's residence in Wilmington, Delaware, and at this Penn Biden Center that operated at an office building on Capitol Hill. But now there are a number of congressional investigations in addition to that special counsel probe you just mentioned. You know, the House Oversight Committee, the House Armed Services Committee, and the House Intelligence Committee have all announced they're looking into the matter. I expect that possibly could grow. And the special counsel's investigation um, could have a limitless bandwidth. We don't get any perspective on that because the Department of Justice and special counsel don't reveal what they're looking into or how far they've gotten. But this is unequivocally a political issue for the White House at a moment in which they were riding some momentum. This has arrested the momentum and forced them to play defense. And at this moment, their lack of transparency has come into question. Well, it's not doing them any favors, is it? Um, they're they're asking questions that they are simply refusing to answer. And they're deferring to a degree to the um, White House Counsel's Office because this is a Justice Department and special counsel review. The White House is making the argument that they're not in a position to comment about it, and they don't have the latitude to do so. But if you're explaining, and if you're, if, you're in a, if you're discussing process, you're not on message in politics. And the Democrats in the U.S. House, now the minority party, the Democrats in the U.S. Senate are back home right now doing their in-state work periods. So the White House was hoping to be the part of government that built a contrast with the Republicans in the U.S. House who had a circus earlier this month in picking a House Speaker. The Democrats wanted the White House to look functional and operating to show a contrast with Republicans. And at this moment, they don't look functional. They look like they're playing defense. Well, we uh, also had one of your cohorts with CBS News, the White House correspondent there. Uh, He really pressed uh, Corinne about you know, these these documents and, and not answering the questions, not just on this topic, but on some others as well. And this is the position the White House finds itself now, where it's not answering questions, um, for better or for worse, <laughs> from the White House perspective, versus communicating its own message, what it wants to amplify in its own ends, its own policies, its own initiatives. And that means they're off message. And it's a sensitive moment to not be on message because we are on the brink of a standoff over the debt ceiling, over government spending, over any number of things now that the Republicans control the U.S. House. And right now the White House is not on message and doing the things it wants to do on the eve of these high-stakes battles. Right, 
Right. Well, we appreciate you uh, coming in and, and talking with us this morning. Um, they, I did read an article this morning saying that it looks like Biden's lawyers are likely uh, going to be called as witnesses into uh, this investigation. And they're getting a lot of advice from people saying they really need to be cooperative when it comes to to some of these uh, investigations to try to be, like you say, they need to be transparent so that maybe they can get this cleaned up and get back on topic. It's tricky, though, because the attorneys need top-secret clearances to right. look at these classified marked records, and that's an issue now, too. Is who can actually review these things? Who's got the clearances and background to do so? That's an open-ended question as well. Yeah, we seems like we have a lot more questions than we have answers at this yeah. point. Well, yes, thank sir. you again so much for joining us this morning on The Morning Jam. We always appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a mess. There's no doubt uh, about it. And, of course, I didn't ask him about, about this, but there's a lot of people that say the uh, Democrats are secretly, you know, okay with it because they don't want him back for 2024. So we'll see how that goes. Um, in the meantime, uh, Biden seems to uh, to be taking a swipe at Second Amendment supporters. Uh, on Monday, President Biden said those who argue they need assault weapons to fight the government uh, need a much bigger arsenal to stand a chance. This isn't the first time he said things like this. Um, he was speaking at the National Action Network's uh, Martin Luther King Jr. breakfast, and he appeared to mock his conservative colleagues. He says, I love my right-wing friends who talk about the tree of liberty is water of the blood of patriots. If you need to work about taking on the federal government, you need some F-15s. You don't need an AR-15. Hmm. Uh, the Biden quote refers to uh, Thomas Jefferson who wrote in the letter, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. And, of course, he was the principal author of the Declaration of Independence. Um, and then he says, I'm serious. Think about it. Think about the rationale for this. It's about money. I, you know, I had a listener ask me one time if I thought guns were supposed to, you know, fight tyranny. Did I think I should have, you know, a rocket launcher? Did I have the right to have a rocket launcher? And I was like, I don't know that I, that I don't have. You know, if it came down to protecting myself against the tyranny of the government, yeah, maybe I should be able to have a rocket launcher. Uh, and the, the more we go along in these conversations, and when you have a president who says something like that, something overbearing like that, it makes you wonder. You know, because I've never been one that wanted any of the you know, the AR-15s or anything like that. Um, but, you know, some days I really start to think about it. 866-916-3776. What are your thoughts on that subject? Uh, it really does make you think sometimes when he mocks people who believe that the Second Amendment is a, really a right, a, a God-given American right to protect ourselves against the government. And I have to tell you, these days it feels like that we need that. 
Hey, coming up, we're going to be uh, talking with Marco Galbraith. He's going to join us uh, to talk about this Martin Luther King shooting in Florida. When we come back from break, we're going to be talking to him uh, about that and uh, see what he, he's, his take is on that. There were a lot of things going on yesterday in honor of Martin Luther King Day, uh, including we had some uh, local kids going around and doing some good deeds on Martin Luther King Day, doing some cleanup and uh, things like that, which I thought was was a good thing to see kids out out doing. Uh, it's uh, it, it's important to teach kids how to give back and. The LU students commemorated it with a day of service. And there were about 150 students who participated in the MLK day of service. And uh, they helped with organizing and cleaning and power washing and raking leaves. They volunteered at the Salvation Army. There was a lot of work that needed to be done there. And um, Josh Potter, who's an LU student, said... Uh, God says the two most important commandments are to love God and love others. And by loving others, we show love of Christ. That's what Mr. King would have wanted. And that's what we're coming together to do. So that was a good and positive way to spend Martin Luther King Day. Um, And they thought instead of a day off, they wanted to have a day on honoring his legacy with a day of service. And uh, they served at nine different locations across the Hill City. That included World Help, Gleaning for the World, the Downtown Lynchburg YWCA, Campbell County YWCA, Habitat for Humanity, Downtown Lynchburg Association, Salvation Army, Amazement Square, and Big Brothers Big Sisters. So that's some good news this morning. When we come back, we're going to talk about, with Marco Galbraith, a Martin Luther King event that didn't end as happily. We'll talk about that coming up here on The Morning Jam. The Morning Jam. Hungry for some truth with a side of common sense? You want answers? Then you found the right choice. We are the Morning Jam. Eight six six nine one six three seven seven six is our number. If you'd like to call in this morning, we would love to hear from you. Uh, yesterday was Martin Luther King Day, and. Um, there was a shooting at a Martin Luther King Day event that left eight people wounded in Fort Pierce, Florida. We have uh, Marco Galbraith with us this morning from T4 Tactics. I I like it better when I can have you on to share the show and we're not talking about tragedies, but usually we're talking about tragedies, aren't we? Yeah, it, yeah. unfortunately. I'd, I'd rather be calling in talking about puppies and apple pie and ice cream yeah yeah it would it would be nice but that's not that's that's not what your life is made of is it that's right you have uh, some very serious topics that you deal with on a a everyday basis of course florida is your home state originally yeah it is are you familiar with this force pierce area 
Uh, yeah, I've been there a couple times. I've actually taken some training classes uh, down there, and it's a nice area. Fort Pierce is very nice. So uh, tell me what you know about this particular event. If it, it was supposed to be a car show and family fun day. Am I, do I have that right? That's what it looked like. And then there were some people out celebrating MLK Day, and uh, a few of them uh, were dancing out by their cars, having a good time, and then people started shooting. It appears to be an argument between two groups. Oh, Lord. Uh, uh, we yeah, see that yeah. a lot, don't we? We see it a lot, unfortunately, in the black community. And, uh, and I, you know, I don't want to be the, one of those guys that always says, I'm not being racist, but I'm, I'm looking at statistics. And I have, uh, years and years ago, we, I was working Black College Reunion in Daytona Beach. It's after spring break, uh, and it's uh, where uh, the black community, mostly college students from, all, from Georgia and all over the state of Florida, come to Daytona Beach uh, for the three-day weekend. And... It gets out of control. It gets really out of control, violent and out of control. And and I remember standing there as a cop in uniform, a lot of college students leaving, black college students leaving, saying, I can't believe my people are acting like this. We're leaving and not coming back. Mm-hmm. And so, and I've, and I've got uh, African-American friends that say they won't go to large gatherings because this typically happens where they argue with each other and a gun comes out. And it's sad. It, but it's statistics. It's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not picking on the black community, but unfortunately, it's, it, you get, it's just, it's tomorrow or yesterday was horrible, especially mm. on MLK Day. MLK was a great man that stood for peace. He didn't, he wouldn't want this. There's no right. way he would want this. So um, let me ask you this. So we know, we know that many times in situations like this, it starts, with arguing, and then it ends it. Isn't there usually alcohol involved, too, many times? Yeah, there's alcohol, alcohol, uh, drugs. Uh, Fort Pierce does have a gang community. Okay. So you, you could get a large group of African Americans wanting to just have a good time, a peaceful good time, and then the wrong people show up, mm-hmm. and they start arguing, and somebody gets challenged. I had a guy take my firearm safety class, and he was from Baltimore, uh, African-American. He was from Baltimore, uh, and he had never been charged with a crime, but he said, I've shot people before, and, and uh, he's changed his life around. He actually was now is a Liberty student, but he's changed his life around. But I said, well, tell me about the shooting. And he said, I was in a gang in Baltimore, and if I was at a party and someone bumped my shoulder, I had to shoot them because that's what my gang expects me to do. And if I don't, then I can get shot or I can show weakness. So it's that mentality that, you know, you get these gangs together. But and, that's a uh, sign of toughness. Pe- you've been disrespected. T- and Yeah, you've been, okay. yep, you disrespected me. You're, well, you're with one gang and I'm with another and you bump my shoulder on purpose and walk past me. You disrespected me. I have to handle it. And, and, uh, and, and Fort Pierce does have some gangs. They've got a good gang presence. So it could have been great people together for MLK, wanting right. to celebrate and have a good, peaceful time. And then all it takes is for just a few bad apples to show up, mm-hmm. and 
a shooting start. Well, there were a thousand plus people at this event that was supposed to, again, be a car show and a family right. fun day. That's what it was supposed to be. Um, videos posted showed a large crowd enjoying the event. Uh, before multiple gun- gunshots rang out, they said there were people lying behind cars, anything they could get behind. And it was kind of hard to tell who was the victim and who was just hiding. Uh, at some point, that was one of the officers who said that and um, and also said that they believe that there were multiple gunmen involved. One of the things that I that I always told people when when I was doing events and we would have events where there would be, you know, five to eight thousand people there many times the larger events right and one of the things that i would say to people who were around and these were just like fights and things where maybe pepper spray would have to be used and you know typically when you're at an event you can feel when things start to change you can feel absolutely the atmosphere changes there are rumblings there are and for the love of god if you've got children with you get out I don't yeah, care if you paid nice. admission. Doesn't matter. It's not yeah, worth your be, life. Right. There will definitely be pre-attack indicators, uh, and and you're you you're absolutely right. The mood will change before something like that happens. It's it's more than likely not just going to kick off. Um, mm-hmm. We had I was involved in a BCR shooting uh, again at Black College Reunion in Daytona Beach, and the problem we had was we were at the high-rise condominiums and hotels. When the gunfire was ringing out, you couldn't tell where it was where, coming yeah. from because because of the echo from these tall buildings. So you couldn't. So that you know, it, I don't know what type of setting this was in. If it was on the beach side with those buildings, but uh, it, it's very hard to tell where is it coming from. Which you need to know where it's coming from so you know where to run and not run. So right. it, it can be confusing just with the environment of. Where's it coming from? Who's doing it? And where do I need to go? So let's talk about and review because, um, you know, this was this was an outside event. Uh, anytime you're you're at an event, whether it's inside or outside, what are the things that you always do to make sure that you can stay safe? Well, like you said, watch the mood of the crowd. If the mood of the crowd starts to change, it's probably time to leave. Mm-hmm. Know your exits. Know that if I run around the corner here and there's a big chain link fence, fence or a garbage dumpster or an enclosed parking lot with a, with a fence, I can't get out that way. Now I've walked myself in. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't hurt to, if you're going to go to a big venue like this, to check out Google Map first and get an aerial view of where you're going and know your exit. You may have to get out of there quick. As you're standing around venues like this, know the difference between cover and concealment. This area right here or this object will stop a bullet and this object will not stop a bullet, but it will provide me concealment from the bad guy. Right. We've got to look at, you know, items. Engine blocks will stop a bullet. Uh, you know, big steel dumpsters will stop a bullet. A big decorative rock will stop a bullet. But, a, uh, a uh, you know, like a one of those vinyl signs is going to hide you from the bad guy, but but not stop a bullet. So we got to know these things along along with our exits. We got to know our exits, and that's whether you're inside or outside. Uh, you yeah, know, regardless you gotta of where have, you are, you got to have a reunification area. If you're with family and friends, if this happens and we have to flee here, this is where we're going to meet to make sure we're all okay. Because people drop their cell phones and run. 
So it's important that we get back together to know who's at the hospital and who's made it through. And uh, you just got to have a plan. We don't want to live in fear or paranoia. And we want to continue to go to these events and enjoy life. But nowadays, as we saw yesterday, unfortunately, with loss of life, we got to have a plan. Definitely have to have a plan. And and for the love of all that's holy, do not start filming the thing. That That's yeah, the other thing. The, the people with common sense are dropping the phones. The other ones are, like, trying to get a better right. angle. Yeah. Unfortunately, the younger generation is programmed that when they're programmed that when something happens, I got to be the first one to put it on YouTube or social media. Yeah. And that's not you need to put the phone down and concentrate on what exactly is going on. And how am I going to get out of this to survive? Yeah, That's and the talk to your kids about that, for sure. That's right. So tell us what T4 Tactics has coming up in the near future. Well, uh, February 2023, we're going to start uh, a campaign where the bad guys are going to start fearing the victims uh, in our area. We're, okay. we're seeing a lot of violent crime. Um, I personally don't feel that... Uh, Certain law enforcement agencies are being as as aggressive as they should. That's my personal opinion from what I see. So we're going to get, we're going to run some discounted classes to get some people trained. We're not, we're not going to create vigilantes. We're not going to create, you know, uh, secret police officers, but we are going to create people that know the law in Virginia. They're going to be carrying concealed. They're going to know the laws about pepper spray, how pepper spray works, but we're going to make it so if somebody's attacked, um, the victim is going to win, and the bad guy will probably have his switch turned off. Uh, and we need to start doing that. Unfortunately, the bad guys nowadays don't fear the police. No, they don't fear the con- they don't fear the consequences of the court system. So, and they don't respect anybody. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah. And so, so we're going to teach. We're going to really focus on the law because we don't want uh, you know reckless people out there. But we're going to focus on the law. And what you can do is you're attacked legally to stop that threat immediately. And it's, sooner or later, the bad guy will realize, you know, I probably shouldn't attack people in, in our area because there's a lot of people being trained. Exactly. It's the uh, letter T, the number four, tactics.com. You can find out all the marvelous things that Marco does for our community and the classes and the workshops that he teaches. Marco, thank you for joining us this morning on The Morning Jam. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Rain tapers off this afternoon. Highs at 60 degrees with clearing skies. Partly cloudy tonight with a low of 43. A mostly sunny day to start on Wednesday. A few more clouds, but very warm. Highs at 64 degrees. As we head into Wednesday night, more clouds. A few stray showers possible. Lows at 48. And rain likely on Thursday with daytime highs at 63. Currently 40 degrees in Lynchburg, 40 degrees in Bedford, 42 in Roanoke and Danville, 43 in Salem, 41 in Monroe, and we have 38 in Appomattox. So we've been talking a lot about Martin Luther King Day because that was yesterday and a lot of people took off yesterday. Uh, I had a listener send me an article that, um, you know, there are a lot of things that that I learn. I learn something new every day, usually through this show. And uh, we had a listener call yesterday talking about some of the rumors that swirled around Martin Luther King as far as his infidelities and things like that. 
Um, this particular paper was written by um, Virgil Walker. I believe that's right. I think I got that right. Yes, Virgil Walker, who is a, a discipleship pastor at Westside Church in Omaha, Nebraska. And he, um, he also uh, works with Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's a conference speaker, uh, author, and does a podcast called Just Thinking. Uh, he is an uh, African-American man who wrote the article. And uh, again, I had a listener who sent this in to me. Uh, the title of it is, What is the Truth About Martin Luther King Jr.? And, um, you know, a lot of the things that I read, a lot of the things that Martin Luther King said in his speeches, I simply could not ever argue with because um, it was a, a voice of reason and peace in a very unsteady time. Um, but it would seem that Martin Luther King, even though he was a black minister and was purported to be, you know, a Christian, but there are certain things that if you are a Christian, certainly a, a raised Baptist, that you believed in, in Christ's deity, the virgin birth, and the resurrection. Those are, are key points of belief when, when you're a Christian person. Apparently, Martin Luther King Jr., after graduating from Morehouse College, completed his studies and entered the seminary following in his father's footsteps. This is according to this article. During his time at Crozier Theological Seminary and Boston University, King began his doctoral studies in theology, systematic theology, and embraced liberal theology. In his paper on the humanity and divinity of Jesus, Martin Luther King Jr. wrote, the orthodox attempt to explain the divinity of Jesus in terms of an inherent metaphysical substance within him seems to me quite inadequate. To say that Christ is divine in an ontological sense is actually harmful and detrimental. So that the orthodox view of the divinity of Christ, in my mind, quite readily denied. Okay. Um, so the core of the Christian faith is divinity of Christ. Either he's virgin born and he is who he says he is, or the whole thing's a lie. So if we don't have that, there's not even a need to go on to the other things. As it pertains to the resurrection, he wrote, the doctrine, the resurrection upon which the Easter faith rests, symbolizes the ultimate Christian conviction that Christ conquered death. From a literary, historical, and philosophical point of view, this doctrine raises many questions. In fact, the external evidence for the authenticity of this doctrine is found wanting. So, he didn't believe in the deity of Christ, didn't believe in the virgin birth, didn't believe in the second coming of Christ, and apparently, nor does he believe in the existence of a literal hell. You talk about the greatest propaganda in the world 
if if this is true and i have no reason to think that it's not true um this is amazing to me and frightening because i can tell you right now you can't take any of that away if you take that away then you have nothing he was just a man not only was was he just a man he was a liar and there was no truth in him so i find that really depressing thanks so much for sending that to me i will be looking further into it i also would encourage you if you question any of those things and you're a christian to read the case for christ because that should alleviate a lot of that it's a marvelous book i highly recommend it to everyone 866-916-3776 that's our number have you heard these things about martin luther king jr before because i certainly never have that was a, a first time for me without a doubt so we'll see uh fauci back in the books again back on the on the headlines russell brand is interviewing a fauci whistleblower on big pharma corruption family ties the uh, culture of secrecy that allowed scientists at the national institute of health where fauci worked for decades to benefit from over a billion dollars in royalties from grants it's a system that is only possible because the national institute of health is actually a revolving door the whistleblower told russell brand uh, in a january 15th interview it always bothers me when you get people like this i mean russell brand basically a, a comedian so why are you having that conversation with him but i digress uh, it says every year the agency doles out about 32 billion dollars worth of grants to about 54,000 healthcare entities across the united states Think pharmaceutical companies, universities, research outfits, the entire public health complex. That buys you a lot of friends and a lot of allies. He discovered that the NIH partnership and 2,400 of its scientists have benefited from 1.4 billion of these hidden secret third-party royalties over the past 12 years. It was a tangled web of self-interest, he said, that points to Fauci and his wife, Dr. Kristen, Kristen Grady, who both work at NIH. If the U.S. public health was a game show, I think we'd have to call it Meet the Fauci's. Fauci is the former director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and Grady is the chief of the Department of Bioethics. Oh, that sounds very profitable. Both agencies are separate entities, but both are overseen by the NIH. Of course, it wouldn't be the first time Fauci's made questionable ethical decisions, saying that uh, in 2005, the Associated Press got an unredacted database and found that Fauci had burned down all the firewalls and re had received $45,000 of royalties for AIDS therapeutics that he had invented. Fauci not only benefited indirectly from his own invention, but was able to invest taxpayer money in bringing the invention to market. 
As the director of the agency, he had invested another $36 million of taxpayer money to enhance his invention, and once this was exposed, he said he would donate his royalties to charity. That never happened. I don't think anybody is surprised by any of this. One of the articles on Fauci published in January of 22 referenced financial disclosures and showed that the Fauci household made $1.7 million in 2020 alone. <laughs> well, what do you expect? The man is science himself. Just ask him. He'll tell you. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on The Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and Dine is brought to you by our friends at FNL Market. They're located on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg. They are cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day. And they have some special deals this week, including frozen boneless chicken breast, $1.98 a pound, and frozen chicken wings are $1.99 a pound while supplies last. Well, today's recipe is a simple recipe. It's affordable, it's delicious, and it's a little bit different. I encourage you to give it a try, especially if you're trying to have a couple of meals each week that really are going to uh, uh, to, to be super affordable. Obviously, it doesn't include any eggs whatsoever. This is a cheesy white bean tomato bake, and you serve it up with crusty bread. It's surprisingly filling. It's light and delicious and pretty decadent as well. Uh, you're going to start by preheating your oven to 475 in a 10-inch oven-proof skillet heat some olive oil and you're going to fry three large cloves of garlic that you've sliced really thin until it's lightly golden take about a minute don't want to burn it though and i personally remove it before i add in the whole tomatoes so pour those in mash them with a potato masher or the back of a wooden spoon cook them for about a minute then reduce the heat and put the garlic back in that's what i do then you're going to add a couple of handful of spinach and your cannelloni beans, which is basically a white kidney bean. You can use great northern beans. I just think the uh, cannelloni beans hold up better. Uh, Then you're going to put in a little bit of water, your Italian seasoning, uh, half a teaspoon of crushed red pepper flakes to give it a little bit of heat, some salt and pepper. Stir it to combine, and then you're going to sprinkle it with two cups of shredded mozzarella. And then you're going to pop it in the oven for about 10 minutes. If you like the top to be a little more brown, switch that broiler on. And then you're going to serve it immediately with uh, some beautiful, crusty bread, Italian or French bread. It's super delicious, very affordable, and I think you'll like it. Check it out by going to Facebook, type in Janet's Five and Dine. You'll find this recipe and all the recipes that we share brought to you by FNL Market, where their meats are a cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the morning jam. The Morning Jam with Janet on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Got about 10 minutes left in the show this morning, and we've got some tech updates for you. If you've got a baby or if you have a grandbaby, uh, you may find that they are very attracted to the phone or the tablet. Uh, Many parents, grandparents, will reach for the phone or a tablet and we'll hand it to a crying or a fussy child during a meltdown that uh, sometimes will result in a very calm child and a little bit of peace for the parent or the grandparent. But now there's a new study that has come out that is showing this common practice could be stunting kids' emotional development. 
This is a study put out from the American Medical Association Pediatrics, and it links the use of mobile devices for calming in children ages three to five years old to emotional reactivity and executive functioning issues. Um, While devices may be effective in distracting a young child's distress in the moment, it could worsen their emotional regulation skills over time. This was a study of 422 children, and they say passively handing over a phone or tablet at the first sign of stress could stunt their emotional development. These types of skills develop from the age of two to five, which is why this age range is often associated with outburst. Pacifying those emotions before a child can learn to manage them will ultimately put them at a disadvantage, said child and adolescent psychiatrist Asha Smith. Going through the tantrum stage is a check mark in your emotional development. So if you're not going through that tantrum stage, you're not going to, you're still going to go through it at some point. Maybe that's what we're seeing now. Maybe that's why we see, you know, 20-year-olds having meltdowns. I don't know. Um, They say if you're not going through the tantrum stage, eventually it's going to happen. As a parent, you want to do it when it's developmentally appropriate and to help your child through it and model how you deal with frustrations. They suggest reducing the amount of screen time gradually and using games to distract children uh, when they would normally be on a device. Games, books, storytelling, music. I used all those things. Um, And I remember it very, very well. I had one child in particular that was a little harder to distract than, than others. So we had to get really creative. Um, but, I mean, it was, a, it was a very important time in development to teach them how to deal with, with stress. Same thing is true. You know, at some point, they've got to learn how to console themselves and go back to sleep. If you just keep pushing that off and putting that off and putting it off, it's going to be much harder for them when they have to learn how to you know, reconfigure themselves and and get comfortable and go back to sleep without having mom or daddy do it for them. And it's painful. I, I remember going through this or, or even having to do the discipline thing, and then I would go out on the porch and cry. And when they were crying themselves to sleep, I'm, I'm on the front porch crying because <laughs> it was awful. I hated it, but it's something that you have to do. Uh, speaking of technology, the future of TikTok in the U.S., is as uncertain as ever. Lawmakers and government organizations are continuing to ban the app. Experts continue to debate national security risk. Of course, we've talked about it before. It's owned by the uh, Chinese tech giant ByteDance or BitDance. TikTok, one of the world's most popular apps with more than a billion users, including 135 million in the United States. It has, however, faced increased scrutiny over its links to China as U.S. agencies fear the data it collects could be misused by the Chinese government. It is linked to, um, to, you know, the Chinese government. At least a dozen states, including Maryland, North Carolina, 
South Carolina, South Dakota, North Dakota, Iowa, Utah, Alabama, Idaho, New Jersey, Wisconsin, and Kentucky have banned the app on government-issued devices, citing privacy concerns. Last month, Senate lawmakers also passed legislation to ban TikTok from government-issued devices. Uh, The No TikTok on Government Device Act by Senator Josh, Josh Hawley was passed unanimously. TikTok is a Trojan horse for the Chinese Communist Party, he said in a statement. Trump said that when it was first released. At the very beginning, everybody laughed at him. Efforts to ban the app extended to the previous administration as the U.S. military banned its members from using TikTok in 2019. Later in August, former President Donald Trump went as far to issue an executive order prohibiting U.S. businesses with ByteDance after threatening to pull TikTok from U.S. digital storefronts unless the company sold its U.S. business to Microsoft. At the time, Trump said TikTok and Chinese messaging app WeChat, which he also sought to ban, automatically captured vast swaths of information from users which could potentially be used by Beijing for the purposes including spying on Chinese nationals in the United States. It's going to be interesting to see. Some experts have suggested that the concerns are overblown. That's what my children think. They won't listen to mom. A study done by Milton Mueller, professors at Georgia Institute, found that much of the data um, collected would not be useful for espionage purposes. Well, I suppose much of it wouldn't be. It's the part that is that's the problem. It would be more accurate to say the national security is the cover story for people who want to decouple China and deglobalize the economy, he said. Well, I don't think the TikTok story is going to go away anytime soon. At least it doesn't look like it's going to. But... I do wish, I do wish if you've got it on your phone, you get rid of it. That's all I have to say about that. Hey, there's a new, uh, there's a new baby koala at the Columbus Zoo. We were talking about how um, they were taking votes for names. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Um, Katie the koala has a new baby girl. Her name is Cora. The social media post announcing the name said that she weighs 1.3 pounds. She's very tiny. And she's still nursing, but she really likes eucalyptus leaves. That was the winning name chosen by the uh, the zoo staff, who says it's a combination of her names, uh, Katie and the late uh, Thora, whom the zoo deeply misses. You can see Cora on the zoo's Australia and Island section if you want to go see her. And she's very, very cute. Columbus, Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it almost was probably named CJ, because that's the name of the Ohio State quarterback that uh, almost beat Georgia in the college football playoff semifinals. And I would not have been shocked if, if that happened, that it would have been named CJ. Well, they named her Cora. That's a good name. And she's really cute. And the name, and the reason they named her that, I think, is a, is is a, a good, good one. Yep. Um, I did, I have been to the Columbus Zoo. You know, I have a real thing for zoos. I get, I want to go in and free all the animals. Mm-hmm. But, uh. But 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 I didn't. But I wanted to. I'm proud of you. I, well, I you didn't I, I have like a the, Harambe I like moment. The the, the um, San Diego Zoo. Wasn't I liked it a bit better. Same zoo. Harambe was Columbus, right? I don't 
No, the Cincinnati. That was Cincinnati, yeah. Yeah, I think I haven't been R. to R.I.P. Harambe. I, I only went to the zoos for the children because they wanted to go. Because that makes they, sense. They make me very, I had a field very trip to sad. the D.C. Zoo. Yeah, I've been to the I D.C. So. Zoo, too. My favorite zoo is in North Carolina, and it's all uh, domestic rescued animals who can't live on their own. That's out. cool. And I, and I like that. I like that one. And it all looks very natural. Like, they don't... It's not they, like electric fences around them. They got room like to, like, move and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, lots and lots of room. Well, on tomorrow's show, we will uh, have a, a guest co-host in. Mike McKendry is going to join me on tomorrow's show. Looking forward to that. And uh, we'll have a good time with that. That really will be. That'll be uh, Janet and Mike. That really will be a morning We're back jam. to jam. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, looking forward to it. Look, hope to see you then or hear from you then. Have a great Tuesday. You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville.